Hey, Magic fans. This is Paolo Bancaro, and you are in the zone, the show of the Orlando sports fan. Bon, give me up some of that thug. Welcome back to the show in the zone here on FM 96.9 The Game. Happy to have you along for the ride today. A guy who used to be along for the ride every day, three hours a day, five days a week with me, is uh, checking back in to make sure that everybody's doing all right. And we're going to check back in on him. Mike Tazi joins the show right now. Uh, Taz, welcome back, man. Great to be back. I love the walk-up music. You guys know me too well. How you guys doing (laughs) at Central Florida? Uh, we're doing good. The uh, we uh, we've made it to the big time on Friday. We've got our very own Zoneheads beer that's coming out. The folks at Hourglass have hooked it up, and uh, we're gonna, we're gonna party hard. Any any chance we could get you down here for Friday? Oh man, I, a little short notice, but uh, <laughs> I do need to enjoy me one of those zone he- Zoneheads cans. I mean, the cans themselves, the design. Did you do that? I I was part of the creative process uh, for the for the design, and it was basically down to we know we want to do something that we wanted to name it after the show, after the listeners, put a magic spin on it. That's where the thirty five came from, and and wanted the the can to be representative representative of that. They have a, a graphic design guy over there who is top notch, and so yeah, I I just said whatever you do. We gotta use the pinstripes because that's what Magic fans identify with most, and I mean they knocked it out of the park. It's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into some Tommy DeVito stuff. And, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, plenty of other things to catch up on. Probably don't have enough time to do it, but God yeah. bless the Magic. They're really holding down the home court. They're wearing the jerseys I wanted them to, wanted them to wear. The draft picks. I'm still a little. Not sure about, but... But it's uh, almost like it doesn't even matter. That's the crazy thing about this team is you're getting not much from Anthony Black, and you're getting nothing right now from Jet Howard because he doesn't play. Uh, If you had told me going into the year, Markel Fultz, Wendell Carter Jr. are going to miss significant time, and you're going to get nothing from the two first-round picks you have, I'd be like, "Just just call me when the next draft is. And yet this team is sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference. Oh, my God, they haven't skipped a beat. And, in fact, they're playing good enough basketball for as long of a stretch since I can remember. I mean, this I think the rebuild is officially complete, and that was just whatever they do with it going forward. Like, Bronze and Palo, we knew about them. But just how the whole team is gelling and they're, they're having identity, like they're a top team on defense. They could just shoot the ball a little bit better. It would make things a lot easier for them. But I kind of like that they have to play this way for now and then, Maybe something will come available at the deadline. You know, it uh, definitely softened the blow for you with no bowl bowl on the roster. So I think you're you're that getting over tough. that now. That was tough. I mean, still feel like he got a bit of a raw deal, but, you know, you can see the Suns don't trust him yet either. He is a double-edged sword. And look at Goga. Goga's giving you more defensively yeah. than Bull was ever going to give you, unfortunately. Oh, and, and just consistency. Like, you know, the, the ceiling isn't as high as bowl, Bulls, but, like, you know what you're getting from him. He's not overstepping. He doesn't need a lot of shots. He's just there filling a role. They're 16 and 7. It's really hard to complain. And of course, Mo Wagner's doing his thing off the bench, as is Cole. I mean, the bench unit, Joe Ingles, I was out here, you know, uh, complaining about the money he got when that happened. That's clearly a terrible take on my part. Joe Ingles, basketball player, veteran, silky smooth. He's been such a glue guy for this club. He is. Um, he's exactly the team dad that I was looking for. He's uh, 
I didn't even realize that he was the perfect answer to the problem. But that was that yeah. that kind of that kind of guy is exactly what this team needed to add. The people that I talk to that live a lot of the Rotowire guys live in the Milwaukee somewhere between Milwaukee and Wisconsin. They're most mostly in that region, so they know Bucks basketball pretty well. Yeah, great guys. Yeah, um, and oh, yeah. they all told me that yeah, Joe was washed. Yeah, he was starting to look that way, and he came off an ACL. He got hurt with. I forget if it was with Utah or the Bucks, but it was like older guy fading a little bit, coming off of ACL, and you're giving him double digit millions. But oh, it's been worth every penny. All right, let's uh, let's focus a little bit of attention on Tommy DeVito. It was our boy Adrian that brought up this idea on the Facebook page. So shout out to a friend of the show, Adrian, who um, who said we got to hear from Tazi when it comes to this fine Italian man. Tommy DeVito, oh who is uh, orchestrating brilliance for the New York Giants. Your team isn't very good, but this is this is at least a, a little something to get excited about. I um, I imagine you've been geeking out over the personality and the play of one Tommy DeVito. Oh, that's exactly it. I mean, they, they feel a little bit more like they did last year, which was maybe not a great team, definitely not a great team, but a watchable team that can win games, that is somewhere around like a 500-type team. The defense is doing their thing. Tommy's not turning it over. Uh, it allows them to kind of be able to build off something because early in the season they couldn't get out of their own way. There's turnovers everywhere. Defense wasn't playing their best. Schedule has softened a little bit. It's not like they've beaten any world beaters. Got the Eagles twice, the Saints this week, and the Rams somewhere mixed between the Eagles. Uh, those games might be winnable. I'll still – you know, cold day in hell before they figure out a way to beat the Eagles, who aren't playing good. But as no. far as Tommy himself, oh, man, yeah, Jersey, Italian, that immediately made himself lovable. And the fact that he could take nine sacks and get up and play hard uh, is just his post-game interviews, too. Like, the way he handles himself, always got a good answer, always very composed. You can see a good teammate, like, knows the lingo in the locker room, something Daniel Jones never really did, so... Uh, the fact that the team looks like they've gotten a spark, he's playing pretty well, like not lighting the world on fire with numbers, but not turning it over, has made some nice throws. And then look at the wheels on Monday night. He had over 70 yeah. yards, and they all counted for something. And when it's not all on Saquon Barkley, it looks like a functional operation over there, and he's activated. I'm, I'm, out, here, I'm out here trying to pick up Wondell Robinson in one of my fantasy Wondell. leagues. This, uh, this agent <laughs> yeah. of his, though, this is not – this is. What do you know about this guy? This is not a real person. I just followed him on Twitter and Instagram, and I even was on his website yesterday. Uh, yeah, I mean, his career is set in motion. He doesn't just represent Tommy. He represents a few other guys. I think Alfred Morris, when he played, was one. Uh, but, no, he's like he's gone viral, obviously, because it looked like he was wearing a mobster Halloween costume on the field next to Tommy DeVito in, like, Giants gear. I couldn't believe my eyes when we saw it. But now he's been making the rounds all over the national television shows. And, uh, yeah, business is booming for the Italians of New Jersey. This is hilarious. Uh, all right, real quick, before we cut you loose, Juan Soto to the Yankees. That was another one. No. I mean, the the Internet was very quick to uh, the graphic d- designers on Twitter. I, I don't know how people do this with the Photoshop, but – um, <laughs> with Soto in a Yankees jersey, you talk about a picture perfect Yankee. I mean, this guy looks like he's like he was meant 
for that jersey, and that's a powerful duo. Finally, Aaron Judge not not sitting alone, a sitting duck in that lineup. Yeah, finally the left-handed premier bat that the Yankees have needed that I've been calling for for a long time. They also brought in Verdugo, which is fun, just another lefty bat, be a free agent next year. Love some of those moves. Yeah, I saw your tweet when you were talking about uh, Soto looking right in pinstripes, and yeah, it just looks like the jersey that has always belonged on him. I mean, I think he could play for like any team. He just looks like an awesome baseball player, but something about those pinstripes, the NY hat on him, uh, I mean, also, I've seen it before because I've built every MLB The Show franchise around Juan Soto. So, oh, so this is not this it. is not new in your yeah. mind. Like the Soto thing, it was you've been trying yeah. to manifest this. Oh, long time coming. Just the fact that he could uh, kind of put that Nats team on his back that year they won the World Series, and you know he, he didn't do everything. They had a really close knit team. They had Scherzer and Strasburg as an excellent one two punch. But like one of the things that it brought intrigued me during his zoom interview yesterday which was a, literally like phoning it in i thought it would be an in-person thing yeah to hold up the jersey i thought we we're past that but I, what is he out of the country well, or something well he's in miami in fact he was at your fins game the other night and i'd love oh. to talk to your fins but we only have so much so much time but uh he talked about like everybody knows about the numbers and all that but i want to come in and be good energy and bring consistent energy every day make everybody else like excited to play baseball and it's like whoa okay that's that's a good answer. You know, everybody's talking about the short porch and him being a free agent next year. In fact, I think that's why they phoned in the Zoom interview because he's a free agent next year. They'll probably have a more formal thing once they lock him up mm, long term, which I figure they'll do. He'd have to fall on his face or, uh, you know, somebody would have to give him Otani type deals if he were to leave the Yanks. Well, our, guy, our guy Mike Gennetti from Spot Track is not convinced that this isn't a rental. Uh, he. Uh, uh, he he thinks it is a rental. He thinks you no. Know, he th- yeah. He he thinks like he would. Le- he's not saying a hundred percent, but he leans yeah. in the direction of of rental, which I I thought was interesting because when they made that deal, I immediately assumed all right, he's a Yankee for life. But it's I don't think it's that simple. I actually think the Yanks might need to sell him on a good season in order for him to yeah. sign long term. Yeah, I mean the Yanks have uh, shot themselves in the foot organizationally throughout the years like they didn't even diagnose anthony rizzo with a concussion after two months like weird things like that could certainly make a player want to leave but if things go swimmingly i mean the yanks depleted their entire like young pitching but they did get to keep like jason dominguez and spencer jones top out position player prospects but michael king like really burst upon the scene as a starter which he came up as down the stretch last year so him being the headliner and then all these other live arms who you know, maybe maybe they have potential, maybe they don't. But I think considering what they gave up and knowing how badly they need this left-handed bat in the lineup, I, I think they're going to do whatever it is to keep him, especially if there's, like, Steve Cohen to the Mets, so try and prime away. I just don't think it's a bad look for the Yankees to trade for this guy and then let him walk. So even if they get stuck having to give him, like, an exorbitant amount of money, I think they just have to. I mean, my thought was just give him the judge contract right now he probably want more though after he saw what Otani was able to do. Well, he's not getting that. Incredible. <laughs> I was going to uh, ask you about I mean, that. Let's let's wrap up with uh, yeah. with the evil empire of the West. What did you think of of Otani landing with the Dodgers? It just seems like once he did it, it was like duh. No, we shouldn't have even discussed any other possibility. He was always going to end up there. No, well, actually, I was thinking Toronto because a he visited the Dunedin complex that they dumped the, uh, like a hundred million dollars into 
and B, actually, really, A, uh, he said Rogers Center reminded him of the Tokyo Dome. Interesting. He played in Japan, and so I was like, oh, controlled climate, dome, familiarity. He hit well there. He gets to play in AL East Parks. He gets to stick it to the Yankees directly. I was convinced it was going to be Toronto, and I wanted that. I wanted Soto and Otani squaring up. I mean, obviously, that's not how it works, but those types of players being involved in big rivalry divisional games. I want to bring rivalries back to baseball. Yeah. Uh, but the Dodgers certainly, at the time, it felt boring, I think, just because it was so expected around uh, the country. But then the contract part of it, which is so smart, you know, $2 million a year instead of 70 he's deferring <laughs> $68 million a year so they can continue to build around him. And I think that pretty much secures Yamamoto for them. But I will say, he does, sure doesn't care about what happens to that franchise after he's done playing there. No, they, uh, they're going to have quite the bill on their hands. I mean, you talk about pushing something down the road. Like, I put a, uh, I put my last couch on a credit card, and I still feel bad about that. <laughs> talk about what yeah. the, Oh, my God. I mean, at least the, the Dodgers or whoever signed them was expected to make 20 to $25 million a year just from having them on their team back. So you get that money back. So it's a, it's a good investment. I mean, you got an international star. Oh, they're going to sell so many jerseys. The jerseys, the jersey market in Japan through the roof. In fact, I think uh, the jersey market. They said it's uh, the highest ordered jersey in like a couple days on in Fanatics history, or Not something surprising. of the sort. I breathe through it very quickly, but yeah, if they bring in Yamamoto, uh, Dodgers are a really good good spot to to make a nice little run, but, you know, you still got to play it on the field. you still got to be gritty, you still got to stay healthy. Uh, very curious to when Otani's actually able to pitch and how many innings he'll actually be able to throw throughout that deal. I mean, you find a guy for all that money, he is like a premier bat, but yeah. you, all, you signed him as a premier bat and a premier pitcher, and you added those two salaries together to get the money that he got paid. So my eye is on uh, how he'll be able to pitch going forward, but he had the surgery, so I guess next year. All right, I feel like we covered a lot of ground there. Mike Tazi, ladies and gentlemen, the former co-host and producer of this show, now up in the Northeast. Um, uh, it's good to hear that you're doing well. Love hearing from you, and we'll do it again soon, my friend. I will definitely, I promise you, I will send you some of this beer. Oh, sounds great to both. I need the beer. I'm, I'm here for the airtime. Whenever you need New York feedback, I'm here. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Let's get the good bet, bad bet.